Welcome to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number 17. I'm your host and your boy, Santos, proud owner of Santos Threads. Make sure you check me out at Santos Threads, santos-threads.com for the latest and greatest in men's and women's urban sportswear apparel. Check us out at SAN. T-O-S hyphen T-H-R-E-A-D-S dot com. Make sure you guys check us out over there. Uh, we just released the fall 2021 collection. So check out these nice uh, long sleeve tees, hoodies, um, sweatshirts, men's, women's stuff, jeans, hats, fitted hats, all kinds of things. Make sure you check us out. S-A-N-T-O-S hyphen T-H-R-E-A. DS.com. Once again, back at you. Episode number 17. Um, on this episode, I'm going to have a very special guest. Uh, this person is a YouTuber. She's an influencer. She's somebody who's very opinionated, um, has done a nice job really carving out a lane for herself. Um, Certainly in commemoration as we, we, we're here embarking on what they call Hispanic Heritage slash Latino Heritage Month. Um, we'll, we're going to talk about some things that are Hispanic slash Latino related. Um, she's a fellow Puerto Rican like myself. So we're going to get into some Puerto Rican stuff. We're going to get into some New York stuff, Brooklyn stuff. We're going to get into a bunch of different stuff, uh, different uh, issues with Latinos related to the United States, all those things and more. Her name is Original Moon. So Original Moon will be joining me momentarily on the Santos Says podcast. Uh, so we'll wait for her to come in. In the meantime, what I wanted to do was, oh, don't forget to follow me at Santos Thread Shop, the Instagram, Santos Thread Shop. Uh, you can follow me, chime in, talk, give me your opinion on whatever you see or hear here. Uh, obviously, if you're watching me on the YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, comment, share it, do all those wonderful things. And of course, on the audio format, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, we're on Stitcher, we're on Apple Music, all those things. So make sure you check us out. Give us a nice like button, uh, smash the like button, send it to your friends and your friends' friends and your friends' friends' friends. You already know. So um, before she joins me, I just want to get into a little bit of, um, you know, one of the things as we wait for her to join, Original Moon will be joining me momentarily. One of the things I wanted to make sure I got into as uh, as the we have started here with uh, Hispanic Heritage slash Latinx Heritage Month slash Latino. I mean, it's just going on and on and on. All the definitions are crazy. I mean, we're, you know, we're having a billion and one different definitions. I mean, how else are you going to define us? I mean, come on. But uh, certainly, look, it is what it is. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I talked about this. So I'm going to start with one of the things I'm going to start with is talking about what Latino Heritage Month. I'm going to call it that way. Latino Heritage Month means to me. Um, as a Latino, as a proud Puerto Rican, uh, growing up mostly in New York, um, I am someone who... Although I bounced around, I move in different to different places, different areas, all that stuff. But um, somebody who's very proud of his heritage, of his roots, 
but not only proud of the Puerto Rican roots, but I'm also proud of the roots of the other Latinos all around us, whether it's in the New York area, whether it's in California, Chicago, Bay Area, Florida, you name it, uh, all over the, the United States. I'm very proud of a lot of the contributions that Latinos have put forth in this country. And um, that makes me so proud to see that all the first generation people who came in from the motherlands, from the mother countries, really sacrifice, made sacrifices through racism, um, through um, certainly through discrimination, through tough living conditions, through lack of economic opportunity, lack of jobs, all those things through and through, they were able to really force their way and, and, and just stick it out and, and push through um, to give all of us a better life. Whether it's second generation, whether it's um, third generation, fourth, whatever generation you are, or whether you're just coming now recently to the United States, we're all one. And um, I couldn't be any more proud of the contributions laid forth by uh, the Latinos that came before me and that came before all of us. So I want to make sure that I got that out the way as we embark on that. Um, on this episode, but yeah, so that that's the thing. So I, we're also going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world right now. And, and there's a lot of crazy things. I mean, there's obviously the Mexico border has been a crazy situation in the past. Mexico U S border has been, a, a an absolute hot topic for debate for many years. And, um, certainly what's going on now is no exception to that. Um, as a matter of fact, things are worse now um, in the coming uh, in the past days, over the past couple of days where you're seeing um, what appears to be Haitian, uh, Haitian families, Haitian people who are trying to cross the border, either attempting to cross the border or finding their way through the border and um, are being whipped in inhumane fashion by board, U.S. Border Patrol. And um, let me just set this off by saying I am not going to talk about the legal aspects. I do not. I, I will choose not to discuss that aspect because you know what? I will leave that to people who talk about politics. I will not touch that part. So I will not talk about legal ramifications as far as what their immigration rights are, about their status about whether they are whether they are right or wrong to find a new opportunity to come to the United States all of those things I am not talking about that but what I will talk about is when I see something that is not right I will talk about that and what I'm seeing now is injustice what I'm seeing now is inhumane when you are whipping families Men, women, children with whips on horses, like as if we were back in the slavery times of the old time colonialism, which we all know, listen, Latin America is the product and the United States as well. Latin America all over. But I'm talking about for this argument, obviously, Latin America is a large product. It's a product of colonialism. Let's not ignore that. Let's not act like that's never been the case. So, yes, Latin America 
and North America, obviously North America, Latin America, South, you name it. The Americas are in large part um, products of slavery and colonialism. Let's get that out of the way. So, so looking at this, the optics just don't, don't sit well with me. Something doesn't jive. Um, it's heartbreaking to say the least. And again, I'm taking the legal part out of it. I don't want to discuss the legal aspects because you know what? That's a whole different can of worms. I let politicians and political commentators talk about that. I'm not talking about that. I, I will be lying if I told you I knew enough about immigration law. I don't. So if it's a topic like that that I'm not versed in, I cannot discuss it. But what I do know is what I see with my two eyes when I watch the news, when I look at social media, when I see the news outlets, and I see families, children, men, women, etc., being treated like animals or like slaves, being whooped at the U.S.-Mexico border. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And something needs to be done. These people who work for Border Patrol need to be, they need to be punished. Um, they need to be punished because that is, that is unacceptable. And so we live in a society now where, look, race, race has been discussed, has been such a hot topic over the past, let's say five years. Race has really gone back to the forefront. And my my thing is that this whole issue that's going on at the border supersedes race. This, this whole situation goes beyond race. We're talking about, uh, in this instance, we're talking about inhumane. We're talking about conditions and acts that are, quite frankly, that are savagery. It's savagery what's going on. So... That's what we're talking about. And so I just wanted to make sure that I spoke my piece on that and I made it clear as far as where I stood on that. And, and that's that. That's what I wanted to make sure because as that is something that's going on today, I want to make sure that I got it off of my chest. And I also will ask my guest who just arrived now, she's here, about what I was just talking about, which was about the, we can get into that a little bit later, but about the U.S. border, what's going on, uh, U.S.-Mexico border with the, um, with, the Haitian, uh, with the Haitian people now that are at the border and, and just the inhumane things going on right now down there. But I digress. I want to welcome everybody to the show. She is a YouTuber. She's an influencer. She's super opinionated. Um, she, she gives great opinions. I, you know, I, I'm a fan of her work. I think she does a great job. And um, it's great to have her here. And so I would like to welcome to the show, Original Moon. Hello. How are you? Welcome. How are you? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Um, so I, I was actually taught, I was kind of going off on a mini diatribe, if you will, before starting, right? So what I wanted to do was, I'm not going to start there. 
but I was just talking a little bit of kind of like wrapping a bow, not a bow, but whatever, talking about the Haitian situation um, because it didn't sit well with me, seeing what's going on and seeing kids and family members being whooped at the border. Um, but it, it's it's crazy. But so what I want to do now is I want to talk about, since it is Hispanic Heritage Month, it is Latino slash Hispanic Heritage Month. So we'll start out first. What are your thoughts on Latino and Hispanic Heritage Month? Well, I mean, I, I think it's it's obviously something very Americanized. And it's, uh, to me, well, for what it means to me, it's basically the things that Latinos have accomplished here in the States. And I think that it might mean something different for Latinos who may be like first or second generation that still have more of a connection to, you know, their families, you know, countries of origin. So that's what it means to me. Just celebrating different accomplishments of different Latin people. That's all. Agreed. And, and agreed. And, and one of the things I wanted to talk about was I was proud of like seeing the, the, I guess, right, you can see the growth, right? As, as you're older, we get older, we see the growth of Latinos in society. You're seeing how, you know, different jobs, different growth, di different opportunities. But with that comes negativity, right? So yeah. what, with that comes negativity. So, like, I guess, I guess what I wanted to know, because I know, look, first of all, we'll go to what you do as well. Because I, I have you here because I think, First of all, ladies and gentlemen, Original Moon really does a great job at painting a picture. Not only is she very, she gives good tidbits about her life and good um, backstories, but um, one of the things I, I, I liked about her and that, you know, that I respected about her was that we have a very similar background. Um, I, I like that you were un unapologetic and that you're very strong with your uh, opinions. Where did that come from? Like, what is it that made you say, okay, I'm going to come on here and I'm going to talk my whatever. I'm going to talk shit and, you know, whatever, right? And I don't care what they say. Um, I, I had told you behind uh, the scenes that basically my channel was just started because a couple of people didn't believe that I was a real person. So <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't believe I'm a real person? I'll upload a video tomorrow. And that's what I did. And basically, I just kept the channel ever since. And I just started uploading content after that. So it wasn't even that deep. Um, but I was questioning um, certain ideologies on here. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of heat for it just because I questioned certain things. And because I don't uh, particularly believe certain narr narratives and I don't agree with certain narratives. So because of that, I've been in a hot seat a few times. That well, listen, okay, look, we we don't want to get you in the hotter seat, but again, like I I've, I've told you before, and I told you offline that, look, it's it's not about hot seat or not hot seat. It's about how you feel, and right. the moment you say something and you're doing something and you don't enjoy it and you're not being authentic, then it's not fun. It's not, you know what I mean? It's just not. What are you doing it for, right? right. Mm -hmm. so, so like, so one of the things, and look, we're, we're going to bring it right now. We're going to bring it up right now. Right. So, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I know, look, we're, I don't know if it's okay. So one of the things I, I liked about that you did was when you talked about, um, in the Heights, right. You talked about in the Heights, 
you had very strong opinions about the whole issue within the Heights. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? Well, right. So what is it that, cause I look, I agree with, I know where you, where you took it, obviously just tell the audience kind of like reiterate what you were thinking when you said that with Rita Moreno and all that craziness that happened. And then I'll chime in, but go ahead. Well, you know, I, I do feel bad that she ended up apologizing, you know, for what she did, but I had a feeling that she was going to, you know, because she is a celebrity, you know, she is well known. So I think she probably felt that she had to apologize just for defending Lin-Manuel. Thing is, I haven't even seen the movie. So what I, what I, I'm not into musicals. I'm sorry. I'm not. Me neither. Um, so I haven't seen the movie. So all I did was I just, I looked up the cast. And basically the argument that people had was that there wasn't enough Afro-Latin representation in the movie. So I looked up the cast and I'm like, you know what? Considering the area that it was filmed in, considering you know me growing up in that area, growing up around a lot of Dominicans myself, I'm like, mm, yeah, that cast doesn't really represent Dominicans like that. So, you know, I have my uh, opinions on, on colorism, which you know, are, are kind of against the grain, which are very against the grain, actually. Um, but when I heard that, I was like, you know what? These people do kind of have a point. But what um, Rita said to me was also very true, that the people are getting mad at the wrong people. Because it's it's basically being treated as though us whiter Latin people somehow have uh, this significant amount of power to, like, go around assigning people roles all the time. And I know that in this case, Lynn, Lynn Manuel did, which is why I was understanding to an extent what the argument was with regards to the colorism in the movie. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It does make sense. Because, okay, that struck a chord with me because, like you said, the anger was towards, uh, you know, Rita defending, right, defending Lynn, Lynn Manuel. I understand why she defended him. Like, I get why she did. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with her taking a stance. Like, right. either way, like, if I agree with you or not, whatever your stance is, stay with that stance. Right. Just stay, keep it consistent. I don't need you to apologize one way or the other. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. So be consistent. Keep a stance. My problem is when she went back and she decided she wanted to apologize, it comes across as disingenuous. Yeah. That's the problem I have. Yeah. Because the... It's valid. It was valid. Look, if you look at the cast, it is valid. But they are not the ones who casted the... You think Lin-Manuel has the power to cast every... It didn't work that way. He didn't say, I'm going to hire... Okay, let me do the paper test and see, okay, above this shade, okay, you're not in the movie. Like, you think that's how it happened? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And, you know, uh, to me, like, one of the arguments, too, was like, and when you even look at the cast and what their backgrounds are, you know, both of those, there's only like one Dominican. Right, <laughs> no. they weren't even, right, they, they didn't even cast. Everybody else was whiter Puerto Ricans like us. So, yeah. mm, you know. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a bigger issue. That's an issue that you can take out with above them. That's above their pay grade. You need to get more Latino, Afro-Latino actors in general. Get, get them in there. Latin people, regardless right. of color. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. No, it, 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 it's very true. And I know when I say things like that, and it tends to piss people off, you know. So it is what it is. I always say things that piss people off. <laughs> and, you know, there's stuff that I say in certain videos where people are like, 
well, this came out in the, in the news after you said this. Are you going to apologize? I'm like, no. I'm like, I don't want to apologize. Apologize for what? I'm like, that's what I believe at the moment. <laughs> I, to an extent, I believe it right now. It doesn't mean I necessarily changed my mind just because the news said one thing. I might still have my viewpoints on something. And that's it. Like, no, I'm not going to apologize. Apologize for what? You know? Yeah. No, you're allowed. No, listen, you're allowed to have your viewpoint. And and again, that's one of the things I respected about you is that you were very unapologetic about your um about your viewpoint, about your stance. I think you have to have a stance. I don't care what it is. I tell people all the time, if you have a stance and you're gonna make an argument to me, whether I agree with you or not, is irrelevant. If if you come out and you say it with conviction and I'm like, all right, this guy's a moron, I don't agree with them, they're stupid. But you know what? I respect you. You got guts. You came up to me. You told me your opinion, and I respect the way you went about it. Mm-hmm. Respect is earned that way, at least for me. Now, yeah. everyone's different, but. Well, well, you know what it is, too? I think that um, I, I know that people are probably not going to like what I'm about to say. But I think when it comes yeah. to. Do it. I think when it comes to women, especially with stuff like this, women are the easier targets. And mm-hmm. I think Lita was definitely the easier target. Even though the person who made the movie and whatever was Lynn manuel it was like all of a sudden everybody was coming after this little old lady because of the stuff that she said. And I think that's the thing. People like easy targets or what they perceive to be an easy target. Yeah. And I think that women tend to be the easier targets. Well, well, here's the thing also. You're right. 100% correct. And Rita actually was a... She had to really pay her due. See, this is the part that gets me pissed off as well. People have to go back. They don't do their homework. They don't do their history. Rita had to fight through discrimination. She had to fight through being marginalized because of who she was and who she came from, where she came from, regardless of the color of her skin. People don't know. I, I invite everybody to go back to those times. Look at the videos. There's plenty of videos of her talking about Puerto Rico. Uh, she stood about, she stood up for Puerto Rican activism. Uh, what is it? Generations ago. She's right. been about that life. She's right. always been about that. Regardless, she didn't say I represent light skin or light or white Puerto Ricans. No, she said Puerto Ricans, Puerto Puerto Rico. She said it. She didn't right. say you know. She and, didn't make a differentiation between us. No, right. no, because and, and I'll tell you and, and another thing too and and, and like. Desi Arnaz. I bring up Desi Arnaz all the time because, quite frankly, Desi Arnaz is somebody I look up to. Um, full disclosure, I just look. I, I'm not gonna get into the shenanigans off the camera. I'm just talking about at what he's accomplished. I admire him, and I was a fan of his, even though he, he's way ahead of my time, before my time, excuse me. But I really have a deep respect and appreciation for Desi Arnaz. What he did, he was made fun of for his accent. He came from Cuba with nothing in his pocket. He didn't speak the language. He lost out on dozens and dozens and dozens of roles because of where he came from and because of his accent. People didn't acknowledge he existed when he walked down red carpets with Lucille Ball. That was real. Yeah. Me and Desi Arnaz are fair-skinned people. So right. that didn't matter. Nobody was paying attention to that back then. So right. that's my point. And that was the 50s. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I, I totally do. And, you know, like that's, you know, my parents went through things living here. You know, I've, I've said it before in videos, I'm third generation. So, you know, I, I've, there's plenty of stories just from my own family where my grandparents have been through so many levels of discrimination. My parents, 
my dad talking about getting his ass beat by the cops left and right, and then having to deal with fighting, you know, with either, you know, white American kids in the neighborhood or black American kids in the neighborhood. So there was like no acceptance at that time either. So where was, where was the privilege in that? Right. So now we're talking about privilege. So you just like, you just teed it up. So, all right. In your opinion, I, we spoke offline about this, but in your opinion, is there privilege to being of a lighter skin tone? If you are Latino, is there privilege? No, because if, 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 uh, if they can tell that you're not one of them, then what's the point? No. And how, and how is it that people like to use the arguments? Let's say for, for argument's sake that people use the terms or they'll say things like Latin and black people are the same. How are we the same, but then we have privilege? Then that means we're not the same. That's the argument I make all the time. That's the, you just hit it right oh, in the one head. Or not. One or the other, you know, pick a side. It, you know, when it comes to that, that, that doesn't make any sense. So, uh, no, I don't. Uh, I've done videos, uh, like for over a year ago, I've done videos on um, Latinos who are incarcerated. And when Latinos get incarcerated, they're actually, uh, for the most part, lumped into the white box, regardless whether they are whiter Latinos or Afro-Latinos. Right. And that skews whatever type of you know, money that they can be receiving for help while they're incarcerated or to help them when they come out, when it's you know, re-entry time. And that really does affect you know, their livelihood. So I, I've done videos about that before. You know, I've spoken about, you know, lighter skinned people growing up in the hood and the things that we have to go through, you know, with regards to growing up around black Americans. And then I've also spoken about my experiences with white Americans and how we're discriminated against by them also. Um, that there, you know, there really is no just, you know, warm acceptance by everybody just because we're fair skinned. I mean, just in my experience, it hasn't been lightly, so. Well, I, I, and look, I could second that as well because it's almost like, and, and I try to tell people about this too because I, I agree with your point um, as far as they're not, in their eyes, whether it is um, an Anglo person, an African-American person, for the most part, with the exception of if you are, let's say you are of, you're an Afro-Latino that they wouldn't let, in the case of where they wouldn't be able to differentiate you maybe, or they couldn't tell, right? Unless they knew your name or if you had an accent, then that, right, where you're blending in. But right. besides that, right, or if you're very white and you like totally blend in, blonde hair, whatever, right? right? Besides that, if they can tell what you are, they don't know how to compartmentalize and say, oh, this is an Afro-Latino. I'm going to treat you worse than I'm going to treat the light-skinned Latino. No, like they say Ricky Martin and David Ortiz as the same person despite how different they look. Right. I'm, I'm serious, right? Yeah, so, absolutely right. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's, like, in that instance, I agree with you as far as the privilege part, as far as the, the, the light skin privilege. Right. Um, now, about growing up in the hood, right? So where did you grow up? Uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn. Yep. During the crack era, so I'm a little older than you. I've, I've said that before. So yeah. my experiences are probably a little bit different than yours because, yeah. due to the time, you were, your memories are probably going to be a little bit better because that was when things were getting cleaned up. Right. 
Right. So you might remember some things here and there when it was really bad, but you probably don't remember when it was like really, really bad, like in the 80s and stuff like that. Yeah, the 80s was bad, I heard. Mid-80s, yeah. Even the 90s, the 90s was really bad too, like the early 90s. I would say about, I not, I started to notice a change of things getting, you know, better, I would say mid-90s or so. 95, 96. 96. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that that had a lot to do, unfortunately, with that, um, what was it, the 90, was that the 93, with the crime bill? 93 precinct. Right. Yep. So I think that that, uh, to me, it just with the trajectory of things, that was how and why things uh, shifted a lot in New York City with that stuff, which I, which is unfortunate, you know, um, that, that that happened, you know, to an extent. Because I remember that time, I know I'm getting into the 93 crime No, bill. no, no, go, go ahead. Um, so because I remember that that time period and I remember how violent it was, I could understand the reasoning as to why that bill was passed. However, um, you know, how it destroyed so many lives of Latin and black people, especially who had, you know, drug addiction problems and they were, uh, you know, demonized for it. Uh, that was also sad, too. So and now because of that and that because there was so much of a push because of that crime bill, for people to see addiction as an illness, that's why now the people who are going through the opioid crisis, which is white people, they're benefiting from that. Mm. Re- repeat that again. The people, no, because I, because I, I, I hate arguing with fools. I don't like arguing with people who don't know anything. Go ahead, say no, it again. No, no, no. I, I'm saying that uh, because of the '93 crime bill. Um, a lot of black and Latin people, and especially a lot of Latin people, oh my God, you know, they were really on stuff heavy back in the day. Um, because of that crime bill, a lot of them were demonized because of having a substance abuse problem. And because of that, there was a lot of people fighting for laws to say, hey, substance abuse is actually, this is an addiction. Addiction is an illness. Now the people who are benefiting from that are the people fighting their opioid crisis, which is white America. So. Right. Right, it's suburbia. Um, right, obviously, right. And, you know, but obviously those problems are you know, I, everywhere. I, but I'm sorry, I told you my before, like what you know, the, the line of work that my husband is in, and you know, he actually deals with the people that are coming home from doing those bids and basically trying to get their lives back on track. So, um, you know, he sees it firsthand, and to an extent, because you know he does work from home, sometimes I see it firsthand. And having to hear stories of people trying to get them, themselves, you know, back on their feet and basically trying to get back into the world after being locked up for twenty for like twenty years or so, twenty five years, just for having an addiction. Wow. Just that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because it, it it's tough because also I see the other side of it as well because I I do know there's people who feel that funding for these type of programs should be cut because a lot of people do relapse, a lot of people do use this addiction the methadone program they just go get their methadone enough so they don't have to keep getting more high Mm -hmm. and then just to keep up fight the urges a few extra hours they'll take their methadone and they get high also so then i used to work in a methadone clinic that's why i'm speaking on this i i know i know about this for briefly i heard you know I, i worked with people like this but yeah that's what they do and so i'm not saying it's you're wrong. You're hundred percent right. But what well, I'm saying is that oh, there's I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. I totally see what you're there's saying. the other side of it. Yeah, so... there is. And you know, and then the other thing too, is how, you know, how they treat this illness and that they have all of these, 
um, these programs and they're, but they're like really fancy and they basically mm-hmm. feel like a resort. Oh, they <laughs> better, you know? And definitely uh, there was none of that for, for people back in the day at all. So these people really are benefiting from that. And then there's so much stuff that happens with insurance fraud and, the, and, and stuff like that, you know, with these programs that they have that a lot of people may not know about. So, you know, in a way, sometimes they do things for people to relapse. So there's that aspect of it, too. It's sick. So, yeah. So those it's people, are, they're going through some stuff. People with that addiction are going through some stuff. But, hey, you know, our people had our time, right? So Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Latinos, you know, especially like, yeah, you know, especially when you had that, that era, that crack era, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. And the op- and the, the heroin and stuff, man, it, it took. It took its toll on the inner city, yeah. all all across America. It wasn't just in Bushwick, obviously, or Best Buy, oh, no, or no. wherever, obviously. But oh, yeah. But we're, yeah. since we're talking about the hood, we're talking about which we come from around the same way. So we different eras, but the same way. So, um, yeah, some of the remnants you can still see it. If I haven't been back there in a long time now, but yeah, me too, me too. I mean, I went a few years ago for like my birthday just because I was like, I want to go back to the old area just to see how it is, you know, and it's, it's gentrified, changed. very gentrified. Holy cow. Yeah. Very gentrified. And it was already starting when I was living there because I remember it starting in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So I remember it starting at that point. Now I forget like, oh, my God. Yeah. Where, where I see whites now, I've never would have seen a white person. You've never like seen whites over there. Never. 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 You have to go back to like when the Jews were there. They oh, see whites. You know, yeah. Irish and Jews. We're talking like the 50s. Yeah. You know, that's the only time. But after but before after that, it was all, you know, the Puerto Ricans and uh, obviously African Americans from the South who came up from the South. Yep. So um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, you got Starbucks over there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember now that you, now that you said that, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you're right. There is a Starbucks over there. There's a Starbucks. So you, you, all right. So you are from, you're from Bushwick. You're from Brooklyn. So did you grow up listening to hip hop? Did you like hip hop? What was your. Of course. (laughs) Of course. I mean, uh, you know, I listened to everything. So it wasn't just hip hop. Um, I, in like one of the videos I just did recently, I said that, um, you know, my parents divorced and I had a white stepfather. So because of that, I listened to a lot of rock music also. <laughs> so, um, and uh, because of him, I was I also listened to like lots of 60s, 70s rock, stuff like that. Stuff that old people know and they look at me like, how do you know that? <laughs> you know, because of my stepfather. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was, I was huge into the hip hop stuff. I would say like starting like maybe the age of 12-ish or so, I started getting into that. I, I mean, not like heavy heavy but i was i did enjoy it as degrading as it is i did enjoy it i know i'm not the only one so yeah speak speaking of degrading i think you know one of the biggest issues i always have with hip-hop and i love hip-hop and full disclosure obviously right when you're listening to the music they say all these crazy words they're talking about all kind of craziness right so that comes with the territory because essentially Hip-hop comes from the streets. It comes from the hood. So they're going to talk about it from that prism. Mm-hmm. So what is your, I, I guess, because I, I want to get into Fat Joe. We're going to talk about Fat Joe right now, right? Because 
that whole situation. What? Okay, first of all, in hip hop, they've always called, they've always had this thing where they call women bitches, which I've never liked. That's the one thing I've never liked it, regardless of if the woman is mean or not. You know, regardless of her reputation, regardless of what she does or what she, who she is, I don't call a woman a bitch. That's not my thing, and I don't condone that. So, I don't know if you heard, but. I guess there was some issue with Fat Joe when he did the verses, which that verses was kind of underwhelming, where Fat Joe called Lil Mo and Vita called them dusty bitches. What do you so, think about that? I, I didn't hear the verses thing. Like, I, I didn't hear it. Um, I did hear about the incident, though, with the whole the, the, dusty, the dusty bitches thing. Um, to me, when I heard about it, and then basically they their rebuttal was calling him a spick, right? Is that what happened? That's what I heard. Hey, I didn't bring so, it up for I didn't bring it up for no okay, reason. So, okay, so to me, it's like <laughs> a year, what was it like six months, a year ago, he was saying Latinos are black. Basically, at that point, they were tell they were putting him in, in putting him in his place. Like, no, you're not black, you're a spit. And it took right. that him saying that for them to do that real quick. To me, it was I was I was having a little discussion with my husband about that, like whether if it was deserved or not. In a way, to me, of course, you know, when you're saying derogatory stuff, fine, it's not deserved. But in a way, he kind of did. He kind of did deserve it. You know, he kind of did. He kind of did. Yeah. You asked for it, dude. You seriously asked for it. Yeah. And he got put in his place immediately, yeah. which I find really funny. So. See, yeah. See, here's the thing, right? And and this is gonna go in another direction too, because I it just goes together, right? So like, that's that kind of goes with like the N word. Because, like, for years, Fat Joe got a pass for using the N-word in songs. And then other... Now, let's be clear. Where we come from, okay? I'm going to be... I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. Where we come from, it is normal to see... I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's... The, it's it is normal, commonplace, to see New York Puerto Ricans say the N-word constantly. Yeah. And with, to, to everybody... Regardless of color. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying it. Again, I'm not saying that you should say it or anybody. I'm not saying that. What I'm yeah. saying is that it's normal. It's commonplace. It was normal. Right? Just to get that out there. It was. It was. It now, was. Even though it was normal, I knew, I knew not to. I knew. I was like. Of course. No. And, and just, to me, I just felt like why, like of so many insults you can throw at somebody, so many words in the vocabulary, so many things out there, why would you choose that word? with its history like why that i don't yeah. care if you put an a on it i don't care if you put a z on it i don't care if right. you put you know a balloon on it i don't care what you do regardless of the context right right e r or a right yeah yeah, yeah. and that was my point yeah so you know but yeah you're absolutely right everybody everybody said that all the time and they still do you know that doesn't right. change anything um and then you know i i think in most cases it was always accepted by people and one of the things you told me behind the scenes was that now they, they're coming to collect. <laughs> so, which right. for me sounds, that, that sounds about right, that they're coming to collect. Right, they're coming to collect because, and, and let me, you know, what I mean by that, coming to collect, is that for many years, this is, this is you know, for better or worse, this went on. This happened. And now it's happening. They're coming to collect because, quite frankly, and it's, it's about time. We shouldn't be allowed to say the N word. Yeah. We shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm, 
I'm being clear. I agree with that. We should not be allowed to say that. There should not be a double standard. Mm -hmm. So in the instance where you said Lil Mo or whoever, was it both or was one one of them? Who was the one who called them a spit? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was one of them that did it or both. Both of them that did it. Look, look. What? Whatever. That's. That's what you're gonna get. They're gonna call. They're gonna call you. They're gonna look for something that. What they're gonna say? He's not gonna. They're not gonna call you an N word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe that's what he wanted, but they put it. He's no. He went right back to that place. Like no. He apologized. See, he apologized, but to me, the he said, "Well, it was in the heat of battle." And again, I got nothing personal against. I don't know him, obviously. But what I'm saying is that, um, he said that he was caught up in the heat of the battle. So, but I don't understand on what planet. Like I've never had the urge to say, "Oh, you." You a dusty bitch. Like, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. Like, I just yeah. don't feel that. I don't well, feel the urge to say that. Yeah, I know. I know. And to me, it's just, when stuff like that happens, he just used that as an opportunity to tell them how he saw them. That's, to me, that's that's what, what that was about. Right, you know? right. But you ever heard the, but you ever heard the saying, I, I, I don't know how the heck the saying goes, something about your first, rea your initial reaction was the, what you really meant, was or the first thing. What yeah, you said yeah. first was what something yeah. I don't quote me, but what you said the first time, you that's what you meant to say. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. He meant it. I think I think he meant it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have my opinions on him that I won't get into. You know, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get into that. And like you, I don't know him either. So are they music musical opinions? Uh, okay, music opinions, first of all, it's like I don't know like anybody who's like I have never met one person who's like a huge fat Joe fan. Never. I've, I've never been I've been saying one. that for years, yes. I've never met one, regardless of what they are, what color they are, I've never met one, so Pon yes. Pon yes. Yes. Pon yes. I love pun. Oh my god. Yeah, pun was like a god. We pedestalized pun. And you know, rightfully so, because he, he really he really did a lot and he really put I would say he really put Puerto Ricans like on the map. You know, yeah. it wasn't Fat Joe, even though Fat Joe was out for longer. You know, it right? Wasn't. Of course, yeah, yeah. And I know that Fat Joe knows that deep down, so he wanted well, him. But well, you know, it, I think with everybody, regardless of your contribution, I think to that situation, his contribution to that situation, I think at the end of the day, um, the ego will always set it. Um, no matter how complimentary. You, somebody might want to be when they're at that level, when you're talking about fame, you're talking about recognition, you're talking about acknowledgement. Um, the ego will always take over. There's always going to be an ego. So that's just what it is. Everybody wants to be that guy. You want to be that guy or that woman. You want to be the best. So it's Especially almost in that, in that industry. Yeah. yeah. Dog eat dog industry. It's a dog eat dog industry. So I'm going to open it up now because, I, like I said, I want this to be conversational. Um, I, you know, like I said, I like what you do. You, you're, you're really good at what you do. Um, what is something you – this is your chance now. You can ask me something. I'll let, I'm, I'm going to switch up the format. Okay. Ask me something, okay. an issue you think that I, you know, whatever. So there is something, like, behind the scenes we were talking, and um, there was something that I – that I was very curious about. And you said that 
you have a certain opinions when it comes to Puerto Ricans and or Puerto Rico with regards to statehood versus independence. So I, you know, because I have a lot of people coming to my channel asking me about that. A lot of people have their opinions on that. Other Latin people from different, you know, backgrounds have their opinions on it. And even though they might have their opinions on it, I, I'm sometimes I feel like I should have more of an opinion than they do, but they'll still have their opinions, you know, but I still feel like it's not my place because I don't feel like I know enough about it. The only thing that I ever do is I'll question, like when somebody, like if it's pro-independence, I may question why it's, you know, like basically, because I just want to know out of curiosity, not, not to argue, just out of no, I get curiosity. It. I get it. So I, so I guess for me, my question is, what is your stance on that? Yeah, so um, I'll say this. I will preface this by saying I... um. Some people take the stance, whether your stance is this or that, they'll take it the wrong way based on where you grew up. It doesn't matter where you're born. You could be a Puerto Rican born here. You could be a Puerto Rican born over there. If you're here, you live here, you've been here for 20 years, whatever, 30 years, you're from here. That's how they look at you. So they're like, oh, pues, tú no puedes opinar. In other words, you can't opine on over there. I'm going to opine in the best way I can. Um... I think that, first of all, I'm a, I support Puerto Rico independence. I um, That is what I support. I have family members who most of them don't, which is fine. They can, they can, you know, they can agree, they can disagree, whatever. They don't, I do. The reason why I support it is because I've looked into the matter. I've researched the matter. I've read about it. I know what has gone on. Since 1898, Puerto Rico has never, has not been free. Um, I am an independence supporter because now, again, I'm not saying that it would be, you know, Disney world if they were to go independent, but I think every territory, every country has the right to its own independence and Puerto Rico never had that opportunity to have its own sovereign nation. Um, the, the current, um, the, the current landscape, the current political status was a, was given to it. It was not, Puerto Rico was not ever given that opportunity to truly be independent and spread its wings. Now, I know what you will say to me and others who would question me. How would Puerto Rico sustain itself? My answer to, that, to you would be, how does Puerto Rico not sustain itself? Puerto Rico exports, and I'll explain what I mean. Puerto Rico imports a lot more goods and services than what it exports. That would have to change. So Puerto Rico would have to essentially create jobs, which they can create jobs. When you, I'll explain what I mean by, oh man, I'm telling you. you oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you I, you like, get me started. You, you definitely know more about this than I do, you know? So, you know, that's why I ask. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, you know, but the times that I have asked, let's say, like in comment sections, I have people tell me off, like, like basically, how dare I ask that? I'm like, no, no, you can ask. No, oh, that I don't know. That's why I, I told you you can ask. So that's fine. I look, Puerto Rico would have to create jobs. There are plenty of now agricultural jobs that can be created. Coffee is a big industry. Now, coffee is still being produced, but they they're not investing in as much as they should. Full disclosure, my great-grandfather used to grow coffee a long time ago in Puerto Rico. Cool. So that's why I'm, I'm speaking of this. Um, in a town called Barranquitas. 
Best Buy uh, Auto Pobis. So he used to grow coffee, okay? My father worked on the fields before. My dad, he, he went, you know, he was there. He worked on the field. So um, anyway, long story short, there, there are agricultural jobs. That starts with there. There are, um, there are tech jobs that can be created in Puerto Rico. Believe it or not, there are a lot of people who study who are, they, they act like we're not smart, like we can't invest in technology. We can. It's just you have to start somewhere. I'm not saying you're going to create Apple tomorrow. What I'm saying is you start with a two-man staff, two-man, two-woman staff. Uh, you know what I mean? Two-person staff, whatever it may be. So anyway, not to go on a large tan tangent with that, but my point is that um, with, with the state, with statehood, you're, you're getting into dangerous territory um, because what happens is essentially you will rob uh, Puerto Rico of its identity. You will steal its language and its culture and its heritage from... See, the Puerto Ricans who support this now... See, now I'm, I'm going crazy. The Puerto Ricans who support statehood don't see the bigger picture. Yeah. They just look at it like a life preserver. Mm -hmm. Being the 51st state is not a life preserver. It is not. It is not. You're going to lose your identity. You're going to lose your culture. That the very same Yankee, and God bless America. I love America. I'm not saying anything bad. But the America that the Yankee came and yet yanked from you. Yeah. 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 So essentially what would end up happening is there'll just be a bunch of people like, like me, like myself, you know, who's third generation, who um, doesn't really know anything about the culture, doesn't really have connections like that at all. Um, to my knowledge, like my family, everybody lives here. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much what would happen is what you're saying. You know, basically the people that have been here for three, four generations, how we're so far removed and everything is, you know, like we really don't have any connections anymore. That is, is essentially what would happen if it were to become the 51st state. No, but original moon that it's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's not even that because that's that circumstance. You can't control, you know, you can't control that your family came here when they came here. That's it's what it is. It's the circumstances. Yeah, that's not in your control. I know. That's I not know. in your control. Now But I guess what I'm saying is the same thing would happen to them because it would also not be in those people's control. It wouldn't be in the Puerto Ricans' control anymore. So the same thing would happen to them. So that's what I mean by that. When you put it that way, yes, but it would be even worse. The reason why it would be worse is because essentially, um, at least, okay, you're, you know, right? You know, okay, well, my family may come from here, there, right? This town, that town, whatever. You know what the Puerto Rican flag looks like. There's going to be people who, that won't even exist, I don't yeah. think. Mm -hmm. It's just the 51st star. Boom. It's there. Like, what is your, oh, my name is uh, whatever, John Williams. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from San Juan. I'm from San Juan. Like, that's gonna happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I don't, and again, it's not. It's a cultural thing. Like, it's not a thing of trying to wave a flag. It's more like be respectful of everybody's culture. Like, yeah. that is our that is our culture. That's our that's where our grandparents, great grandparents, etc. Parents, 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 whatever. That's where they're from. That's their blood. They they know that nation. That's in our blood. That's in our veins. That's that's what that's in our DNA. And it's just it makes me sad to see that that's where the island is trying to head. Um, 
you know. Yeah, yeah, no, you made a lot of great points. You really did. You made a lot of great points. Um, because, you know, I've, I've heard of like the statehood argument too, you know, and basically to me, I, I agree that the same thing would happen, that just everything, all the culture and everything is just going to be absorbed into American culture. And I, and, you know, I know that there's people that would even go as far as to say right now that that's already happening over there to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Silicon Valley people all there. They got Americans buying all the real estate. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. I'm tired of seeing Jake Paul's face, bro. I don't, or Logan yeah. Paul, whatever. I don't care. Whatever the whatever the name is, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. I want to see him. Yeah, something like that. I'm Jake tired of seeing his face, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Makes yep. me sick. Yeah. Makes me sick. Mm-hmm. And they have like advertisements now for that, like for people to go buy real estate over there, you know. And you know, they they you already know what demographic of people that they're aiming at to go buy yeah. real estate over there. Yeah. No, it's not you and I. It's not us. Exactly. So to me, eventually, that's what's gonna. That's what they're trying to aim for with the island is to have all of these rich white people live over there, and then the, right. people, the Puerto Ricans that are still living there are probably just gonna work for those rich white people in order to survive and stay right. over there. That's right. you know, my. I don't. And so until they're eventually displaced. Right. Mm-hmm. That that oh man that that just yeah. And that's why the fifty first state thing can't happen because you're gonna see that's gonna get worse. That's gonna be what it's gonna be a, a island haven. To to they're gonna try to do out they're gonna try to do what they did in the nineteen fifties, early sixties in Havana, but on a larger scale, the whole island. Because in Cuba, they did the same thing. They had built casinos and they tried in a you know on a different level, but they had done that to Havana where American politicians and even people that were in organized crime went over there and created this whole thing in Havana, they basically were just using Havana. Right. So yeah. they're trying to do the same thing in, in Puerto Rico on a, on a different scale. But oh, that so sense. that just pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, if I knew that much about it, it would probably affect me too, you know? And uh, I think that unfortunately, a lot of a lot of people like myself, you know, the Puerto Ricans that have been here for a lot of generations, you know, we're so far removed that unfortunately we don't even think about that stuff like that. You know, I, I think if I like if I bring that topic up to like people in my family, they're like, oh, I don't know that much about it. Right. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't affect them. Yeah. And they're so far removed. They're so Americanized now that that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I get look, I can't. That's a sad thing. It's sad. It's know? sad. Yeah, it's sad. It's like kind of beyond. Yeah, it's beyond them. It's not. You yeah. know, it doesn't affect them, and and the little bit that I know, it's me going out of my way to, to find it. it. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, man. It's like one of those things that is just it 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 strikes a nerve because I I do you know again I I'm very uh, passionate about it and also I I grew up very traditional so for me it's a little different. Um, my family is very proud of its culture, very you know, of its heritage. And, um, you know, for me, it's like, it's like, shit, like, why are they doing this for? Like, it's, it gets me pissed off. So, <laughs> but, um, so we, um, what else? So let's, let's, we're going to turn the page. Okay. I want to get onto one of your videos. Uh-oh. Okay. I want to get into one of your videos. So I love the video you did about Attica 
What was the inspiration for doing that video about the Puerto Rican experience in Attica? Oh, so it was it was really just uh, my husband at one of his work meetings. I just so happened to overhear. They brought up, you know, they brought up Attica. And one of his bosses actually said that um, back at that time, um, the Puerto Ricans who were in Attica, that they didn't know which water fountains to use, whether to use the white water fountain or the black water fountain. And for some reason, that just kind of made me like, you know what, I feel like looking up this whole Attica stuff. And, you know, basically Puerto Ricans and their contributions and whatnot to Attica. So that's basically what got me to go look into that, to present that article that I found, which was written by, you know, somebody at Hunter College. So, wow. um, yeah, so that that was basically it. And, I, you know, I, I had said in the video that, um, you know, that reminded me also of a lot of the rhetoric that I hear on YouTube when it comes to, uh, like, the Latin space on YouTube. Um, when they're oh my talking, god yeah <laughs> when they're talking about you know so you have like the people that are like like pro spain pro europe you know which would be considered quote-unquote pro-white if you will to right right extent. europe yes yeah, europe right to some extent and then you have the people who are pro more on the pro-black leaning side right and in, in a way it's like we're still stuck in that space where we don't know what water fountain to use that resonated with me for sure. It re when, 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 when I heard that story, because I did see the video, obviously, that resonated with me because it, it's, it's still like that today. It's yeah. still, that's yeah. a metaphor yeah. for where we are. And that's why, like, I hate the whole, like, to tie it, tie it back to the beginning, the whole colorism thing as far as, like, privilege, it drives me crazy when, I, I think people, again, I'm not saying, that's not to say there isn't discrimination yeah. in between, among us internally right there is that exists that's different right unfortunately there is racism and discrimination in between in what is it amongst latinos from the same country right based on skin tone and characteristics it, it's real but that's different from the american experience exactly. as far as how the americans view us exactly that's different exactly that's different. And, then, and that's the thing. These people don't want, the people who are making those complaints don't want to see that it's different. And the thing is, is like, let's say if, um, you know, when people do have their concerns, you know, their, their concerns, let's say from the Afro-Latin perspective and the people who were born and raised in, a lot, in Latin America and they have their own experiences, I accept those. Like, I totally, I'm not going to be like denying them of their experiences. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. You know, but to say that, it's to bring that here and to act as if it has the same type of effect over here. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, that's not true. You know, you know, I, I wasn't treated any better because of, you know, of how, how, you know, white passing I am because I wasn't passing enough. Right. <laughs> my ancestry DNA results. I'm 65% I'm European. It, it's obviously 65 is, is barely passing. So that's my life is barely passing in a white space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I really don't know how else to explain it. But no, right. You're right. You're right. And and I could relate on a lot of levels, believe me, because I again I tell people all the time, like I tell people all the time that don't agree. I've told people I'm like, look, they know. They know that I'm not one of them. They know. They know how I dress. They the the the, the, the what is it? The little strut in my step. They know. I have too much I have too much flavor. They don't, they yeah. just, uh, my hair, they know. Yeah. 
They just know. I, I can't explain it any other way. They know that I'm not one of them. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's okay. Yeah, it is. I can sit over here. I'm fine with over here. Exactly. Exactly. Just don't put me in a box that I don't belong in because. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing. We're still put in those boxes. And those boxes, unfortunately, affect us. And that's why one of the things that I'm always promoting is for Latin people to be their own group. Now, yeah. there's, um, you know, I've, I've done tons of videos about that, that we should basically become our own race, right? I know Latino is not a race. We all know that. Make it our own race. Now, I know that there's people out there that would be like, okay, no, what, you know, how about the term Hispanic or whatever? And I, honest to God, I could care less what, what term you want to use. I don't care if you want us to be called rainbow butterflies. I don't care. That's consistent. You're, that's, you're, you're consistent with your views. I'll tell you, you are consistent because you got a video saying that too. You are consistent with your view. You've said something like that before. Yeah, I've like heard I, don't, you. I, don't, I could care less. And like, yeah. okay, fine. Like, if you want to be considered, if you want to put Afro in front of whatever it is, I don't care about that either. You know, there's people that have problems with that too. I don't care about that. I just, you know, one box, one one label, that's it. If you want to add, you know, Afro to it, if you want to add Euro to it, if you want to add Indigenous to it, if you want to add Asian to it, if you want to add dragons from the sky to it, I don't care. You know, yeah. just yeah. one banner, focus, stay focused. Right, right exactly. That's it. Like, that's, exactly. that's all I'm asking for. And there's even a petition out for that. And, then, and within that petition, they actually give, like, different... Um, like suggestions as to what we can call ourselves as opposed to calling ourselves Latinos or calling ourselves Hispanic. Uh, call, us, call us the brown race. Call, uh, fine. Uh, I don't, I don't care. Like, like I, I genuinely don't care. Me personally, I don't care. Yeah. I agree with, I agree with you. The only, the only thing I, I don't like, and I've made a video, I had an episode talking about this was the Latinx term. Oh yeah. That's different. Yeah. I can't stand that term. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to piss off anybody as far as like I get the functionality of what it is. Maybe there are people who are non um, what is it? Non-gender. Right, yeah, binary, whatever. All that's right. LGBT community. Yeah. All that, right. Know know this. This is my message to those individuals. This term was not created by people who look like you. This term was not created by Latinos or Hispanics, whatever word you want to use. Latinx was created by the Anglos. Right. To put us in another box. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't like the term, because of the origin. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And, you know, I know that um, I, I, did that, <laughs> I did that video about that, about, about it being, there was a petition out basically saying that uh, that it's a racial slur or basically trying to fight to, for it to become a racial slur. I, I didn't sign it. I didn't sign it, but I, I thought I about mean, it. I, I mean, I understood it. I laughed. I thought it was kind of inside. That, that was why I posted it. I wouldn't go necessarily as that, like that far, uh, but I do see that it's stupid. You know, like, it's, it's stupid to put that term on the people who do not fit within the LGBT community box. Right. For the rest of us, it's a stupid term. That, that 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 don't make any sense. I don't hear any of us use it. I only hear no, it used. No, no. I only hear it used like on a like on a level of like non for profit or like people that are like doing stuff for like politics or whatever. But not like oh yo, you saw that girl? She's Latinx. Right. Like, that yeah. Latinx girl, original moon. She's a Latinx. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Like, yeah, okay. I know it sounds different when you say it that way. Mm-hmm. It sounded different. It sounds different when you say it that way, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, have you seen her? Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like uh, it's, yeah, for, for everybody else, it's just that the term doesn't make any sense. So I, I kind of don't understand why, you know, people feel the need to have to push that on us. But it's really, it's up to us to push back. We got to push back. It's up to us to push we back. We got to push back. And I think sometimes we're too happy. We're too content just not trying to rock the boat. Just That's trying to. What it is. I think Latin people are just so used to not rocking the boat. You know, um, even like a lot of videos that I've done when I talk about police brutality against Latin people, um, you know, you look up articles and stuff like that. This is this is very prevalent within the Latin community. And the reason why, like, you really don't hear about it is supposedly because Latin people just don't stand up for themselves as a whole. No, no one says anything. Yeah. So it really is up to, you know, it's up to us. We can't be looking to other groups to, you know, to change that. Right, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's the one thing that I wish that we would take more serious as a group, as a whole in the country, as, as a, from East Coast to West Coast to South, North, Central, whatever you want, all over. That's something that I wish all of us kind of took more seriously. Um, it's something that, that we said, okay, let's get our, you guys are going to respect us. You're going to respect us and we're going to take these issues seriously. Um. Kind of like, you know, what the Young Lords were. Like, if you saw the Young Lords here in New York, like, you ask the average Puerto Rican now from second, third, fourth generation, they don't know who the Young Lords were. I know who the Young Lords were. You know who they are. But, like, the Young Lords were patterned after the Black Panther Party. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, They had their own platform and everything. Their own 13-point platform, I believe it was. They basically listed out, you know, all of their objectives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, we don't see that there is nothing like that anymore. And I'm not saying it has to be that extreme. But... Yeah. Or that militant. Yeah. It's different times, you know, but, um, you know, and that's, that's the other thing is like at that time it was, you know, it was us that really, you know, with, when it came to like the Latin groups, we were the ones who were like, Hey, you know, we're going to basically put ourselves out on the line at that time. Yeah. Uh, then you had other Latin groups too. You had Mexican Americans absolutely at the time, you know, and other you know minority groups. Asian Americans at that time had their own little thing at the time also. So you know, I I, I think that what would what would be ideal to me is you know, and I'm always when I do talk about Latin unity, right? That's one of the reasons why I talk about. I know I'm kind of getting into like different thing though I'll, I'll connect it i'll try to make it make no sense. no no go ahead um but you know that, that's one of the reasons why like i'm so for having one banner one label as with regards to i want to specify this too and this is with, speaking in regards to latin people who were born and raised here i i wouldn't put that on somebody who was from, born and raised in latin america and feeling like they have to abide by that of course you know because they still have their connections to their, you know, to their homeland. So I wouldn't put that on them. To me, this is for people, for the Latin people who were born and raised here. And I think that if we did that, that maybe we'd it'd be easier for us to, um, uh, like, unite, <laughs> unite for certain political causes and be able to do things and actually make a change. And there's a lot of us in this country. So I think if we did it that way, as opposed to breaking each other up into groups, we'd have a stronger hold on, you know, political matters and things that, 
affect us and affect our lives. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, you're right. And there are a lot of political, I mean, obviously, look, by and large, there's there's a lot of different political things, um, differences as well, though. Like, by and large, even though despite the fact that that's a factor as well. So the political differences, because by and large, yes, um, uh, I don't like talking politics much, but I just to mention this, most most Latinos or Hispanics are Democrat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except with the exception of, of some Venezuelans now, Cubans, Cubans yeah. and uh, Nicaraguans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the most part, though, most Hispanics vote Democrat. So those are some differences, too, that could get in the way of any potential unity. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, is, that is true. And, uh, you know, I think that that's that the whole politics thing is another way. That's another good way to keep us divided is the politics. Yeah. Then you're going to throw religion in there, too. And then that's another thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Catholicism, Protestants, yeah. you know, Jehovah's Witnesses. There are Latinos who are Muslim, even I've seen, you know, more Muslim. recently. Yeah, I've met plenty of Puerto Ricans in New York City who are, who are Muslim. Right, right. Yeah. That's been more prevalent. You've mm-hmm. seen it, yeah. you know, um, even Jewish. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it happens, you know, some, some things happen. It just does. Yeah. There's no explanation for it, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, just those differences just... I don't like all these division, all this division, and kind of. In theory, it sounds good, right? Getting it, having one Latino race. Yeah. It's kind of pie in the sky, but it would be interesting to see if something like that were ever to, um, will be able to put be put forth. I think it, like- I think it's something that it can happen if it's projected by twenty forty that the uh, basically the bulk of this country is going to be. Hispanic slash Latino, then I think that it can happen because then we would be the dominant group in the country then. Well, we're on our way. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we're well on our way. 2040 is not that far. No, no. You know, 2040. So 2040. We might, we might see something similar to that in our lifetime, even though we, you know, we, we think like, nah, that's never going to happen. You know, when you think about it in that perspective, it's like, there's a chance that it might happen. Hey, listen, I never thought I'd see marijuana get legalized, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying it's something I didn't think, you know. These are things that you don't think about. You're like, oh, that won't happen anytime soon. Sports betting legalized pretty much in New York State now. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it's not. They passed the bill, but it hasn't been put into play yet. But it's going to happen. There's too much money to be made. These leagues, they're making money. Or yeah. for the gambling. Like, who would have thought the, the leagues would be in bed with Vegas? People have wow. been saying that for years, but nobody ever... It wasn't announced. Now it's official. So, just to see the perspective, just the perspective of saying, okay, look, this is real. This can happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. more crazier things have happened, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. So, you... Okay. So, you... Right... You're, like I said, I told you before that your channel, I, I like the, what is it, I like what you do, I like your your format, just how you, I guess how you present things, like sometimes you show yourself on camera, right, then there's other times where you have like a, kind of like a slideshow, articles, um, yeah. articles like that, how do you decide that, like how do you say, okay, I'm going to do this today, I'm going to, like, 
Is it based on availability of your camera? No. Or what? Oh. no. no. Um, so like with article things, I just figure if I'm going to be reading it, it's just better to just read <laughs> to just read it. I'm not going to show myself reading something. I think that's kind of weird. So that's usually why I do that. Um, and then like, you know, when things are just like, if a topic just comes like that to me, it's just something personal. That's not, not anything, uh, necessarily has anything to do with anything I read or anything. I just have an opinion on something. Then I'll, you know, come on camera. That's usually how I do it. There is times that. I've done audio things where I don't come on camera, you know, but I don't have a, a particular problem with it. Um, sometimes the, there's, the noise is a factor. So having two kids, the noise that yeah. sometimes, you know, like if I, if I find something like, let's say out of nowhere, I'm like, oh man, I gotta, you know, I gotta do this really quick because I have the thought right now in my mind. And if I don't get it out, it's not going to come out good. And then that's, that's where you'll see a video. It's just like an audio and then I'll have like some thumbnail in the background or something, you know? <laughs> Because I feel like I had to get my point out at that moment. Because sometimes when you don't get things out at that moment, it leaves you and you can't get it back. I agree with that. And it's hard too, obviously, like you said, like you alluded to. Um, I have a family as well. I have my kids. So it's hard. It is hard. Trust me. I have to pick my spots. It's very hard. Very, very hard. You know, you don't want to show them or anything. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, because I'm protective. Just like you are i'm sure like i'm protective of my kids like i'm not gonna have them yeah they're gonna pop up and like no like i'm very private with that stuff yeah i mean you nothing know? against people that do that you know whatever they're just personally you know yeah i'm saying yeah you know. so do you... i'm sorry go ahead no you go ahead go ahead no so are there times i think we also spoke offline about like you ever felt like you're too you ever felt like you're too american for certain latinos but like but then you're too latina for uh, the american group you ever felt like that like you're just kind of like always out of place always always yeah i mean it's even where where we live now this is a i would say this is like a 90 98 maybe even 99 percent white community okay. you know, i think i forget it we stick out like <laughs> like a soy thumb um you know the people are very nice you know for the most part you know i, I can't complain um, it's not like I have, it's not like we have like the clan running after us or anything like that. <laughs> it's, not, it's nothing like that. And they, everybody's very nice. People just stay to themselves, you know, people say hi, you know, I got to get used to everybody saying hi all the time. Being like, so nice, right? Yes. So, you know, in New York city, it's not like that at all. Um, but yeah, I, th there's always that feeling of never, never fitting in. So I've never fit in. And then even amongst Latin people, I never, fit, <laughs> I never fit in. So I, I think I'm just used to being somebody that's just never gonna fit in, and that's just it. I've just grown to accept it. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I feel like that sometimes as well, because I feel like you know what it is because I'm so, and this is just how I'm wired. I'm, I'm different like that. I'm so hell bent on being just an individual, being myself naturally that i don't think about like okay i'm gonna look like an oddball if i do this or if i do that like i just like being me like i'm just so i don't like going i like to go against the grain so that's just how i'm wired so like it bothers me to be like in a pack like i'm i'm gonna be like everybody else like i have my story you have your story um we have our stories they're different and that's okay I don't have to have, I don't have to be every other Julio 
or <coughs> excuse me, or Hector. Right. No, I, I I totally get it, and um, and that should be something that we should be fine with. But I think a lot of us aren't fine with that because culturally, even though I would say that I'm not that culturally connected, to some extent I still have certain things that are culturally connected. And I think with our culture, everything is very family and group oriented. So yeah. when you do stick out, it's it's perceived as something negative, or you're perceived as somebody who's a, who's stuck up, who doesn't want to be. Oh a God, yes, yes. So the stuck up, the stuck up label gets, you know, put on. Well, I like, oh, ese come mierda, ese come mierda. They would say right, right, because you don't want to be a part of, you know, what everybody else is doing. And, you know, you may not necessarily feel comfortable doing what everybody else is doing. But because of that, you get judged pretty harshly because our culture, everything is very group oriented. Right, so. right, exactly. We, we, we roll deep. Yeah. We coming for you deep. We yeah. bringing everybody. Yes, yes. <laughs> friends, family, friends of friends, families of friends, and every everything in between. Cats, dogs, everything in between. Cats, dogs too. Oh yeah. man, yeah, you know it. You know it. We gotta bring everybody. That's you know, that's how we do it. And um, you know, I I look, I I think it's it's great. Um, look, there's a we have a we've come so far. We have we still have some ways to go, but we've come so far. And I, I do like to focus on the positive. And I think where we've been speaking from the Puerto Rican, New York, Latino experience, um, we've made great strides. We have a long way to go. But I'm, I'm very proud. And I don't need a month to be proud. Oh, yeah. It's our month. Whatever. You just call it our month. I'll take it. Fine. I don't care. But I'm just using this as the time to say, I'm proud of it and I'm happy and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, um, it's something, right? It's something. It's something. Showing it's something. Some, some form of acknowledgement. Some right? sort of acknowledgement, right. So I, I'll be remiss before I, uh, before we, um, I guess before we close, because I started out talking about what's going on at the border. Now, again, I, I know that you're, I think we talked a little bit about this offline. I know you're not like uh super verse that was going on, but I know you know something of what's going on. What is your thoughts? You can just speak as ge generic as you want, or you can get into specifics of based on what you know. What are your thoughts on what's going on right now, just in general at the border? Doesn't have to be political or border control, just whipping people, all that stuff. Do you know anything about what any of that? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's terrible. You know, it's terrible, but at the same time, it's like I'm not surprised by it, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, that's really all I got to say about that. It's terrible, but I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised. The inhumane treatment, it doesn't surprise me at all. And the thing is, is uh, you know, I know that you had said something about that to me behind the scenes. I don't know if you want to say it. But basically, what your thoughts on it? If, right. if, 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 if it were a different group of immigrants, they weren't. They would. They be treated the, the same exact. Absolutely. Yeah. They wouldn't. No. If they were. If they were European immigrants from Poland with blue eyes and blonde hair, they would not be treated right. that way. Right. I stand by that. Now, I'm not saying that's the the difference is. I'm not saying that's the only reason they're treated that way. Yeah. That's not the only reason. Whatever the reason is, it's not good enough. It's not a good reason. 
There's no good reason for why you treat somebody like that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that it goes into the whole society of, well, you're beneath me. Right. Mm -hmm. You're beneath. It's, it's, it transcends race. Mm -hmm. Race is a little bit, a little, what you, what you want to call like a little drop of it. Mm -hmm. The other factor is the class. Right. Socioeconomic background, class. I'm the guy. I have this nice cushy, or well, not, I wouldn't say cushy, but I have this nice job here at the Border Patrol, and I got the badge. I'm the authority. I'm here in the United States. I have. I'm in a union, whatever it may be, right? I've got the whip and the horse. You're the one who's dying to come here, so I'm better than you. Just yep. that whole mind state. Yep, and that's basically how this country treats everybody. You know, that's how they treat most minority people you know most people of color you know they do very similar things to you know the latin people that try yeah. to basically try to come oh here. yeah the mexicans yeah the mexicans hondurians yeah all the, like you said people from south america yeah 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 so you know there, there's no you know privilege and treatment with that you know they basically don't all they basically see us all in the same negative light right you know? yeah this is what it is. It is. It is what it is. Yeah, for yeah. sure. What is your so? Since you mentioned negative light, before we before we close, I want to talk about stereotypes. What is your least favorite stereotype of Latinos? And I'll share mine after you. But what is your yeah? What's the one that you're like? Oh, this bothers me. Like stereotype. Yeah. Uh, it could be anything. It could be based on anything, it, you know, whatever it may be. People just think we're all Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is the same as mine. It's the same. Yeah, we're all Mexican. Well, funny thing with me is I'm a quarter Mexican. So it's like, well, with me, you're partially right, but we're not all Mexican, you know. Right, right. So, yeah. It's like, oh, you're Puerto Rican? What part of Mexico is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That bothers me so much. That stereotype bugs me. That when they say that we're and again, I I have great um, respect for Mexican people. That's not the point. Yeah, yeah, that's not right? the point. Yeah, yeah, that's not the point. That point is that we are not all Mexican. We do not all eat tacos. I love Mexican food, by the yes. way. I do the real one, not no Taco yes. Bell. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. I love Mexican food. I love all that stuff. Give it, give it to me right now. I'm starving. Right. But come on, everybody. L listen, Senor Gringo, we are not all the same. OK, there are differences between us. We, we love. Listen, I'm all for the unity. We're all Latinos, but there are also sub there are divisions. There are subdivisions, cultural differences. Mm -hmm. But we're all one umbrella. OK, right. but with that one umbrella doesn't belong to one country. It right. belongs to multiple countries. Right. You know, we're the Caribbean, we're Central America, we're South America. Yeah. We are North America. Yeah. We're the United States of America, too. We're, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's ignorance is ignorance, you know. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I guess it really depends on, on the people. Sometimes I blame them and sometimes I don't. Because there are pockets still of this country where these white Americans have never even seen a minority person in their whole life. Never. And I think that a lot of us, like, you know, people who grew up in New York City, people who grew up in these cities where everything is so diverse, 
we have a hard time conceptual conceptualizing that like oh yes. is that a possibility and yes that is a possibility there are pockets of this country still where there's generations of people who've never seen a minority person in their entire life other than what they're 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 fed to by the media tv yep my media right media so it's our responsibility and i i take this very seriously it is our responsibility to educate them and i'm not saying we got to give them a sermon i'm not saying that that listen, have the dialogue. Mm -hmm. Tell, find out. You know, they, if they don't know they're from Wyoming somewhere, right, yeah. or Idaho on a potato farm, then hey, you know what? Tell them. Listen, I, my family was from Puerto Rico. My family's from Mexico. We do this. We do that. That's it. Let them know who you are. Educate them. They're not gonna know. Until then, they think that we're all wearing sombrero, sombreros and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. I, I went, I went through something sort of similar. Like when I was pregnant and I had to go get blood taken. Um, I guess the woman has never encountered a Latin person in her life or something. She's like, "Oh, what do I put down for race?" And she's like, "I'm sorry, I hate." I, she's like, "I don't know how to answer this question." She genuinely I, didn't know how to answer the question. I hate that question. When it comes up like on a questionnaire or something, it drives me absolutely yeah. mad. I, I do I do one of two things. I check all the boxes yeah. or I check none of the boxes. None of the boxes. Yeah. I do that. I'll put decline, decline, decline. I think more often than not, I check all the boxes. Yeah. I will I literally, even though I don't have any Asian in me in me, I literally have checked off Asian. I've checked off African, white, black, West Indian. I put everything. Right. Give me all of it. I'm everything. Go ahead. I'm international. Proceed. Well, we are mixed. So we are mixed. Right, right. You might, you're, 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 par you're partially right when you check off most of those boxes. So Yeah, like, I, it's just, oh, it's just. So um, let the people know where they can find you. Obviously, look, I'm, I'm super, look, I'm, I'm super. I want to make this clear. I'm, I'm very proud of, of your work, what you've done. Um, it resonated with me with a lot of our similarities, um, you know, coming from the same neighborhood, um, having the same background, similar background. So um, I'm very honored to have had you here. And I'm, I, I'm very proud of you, what you've done, what you've accomplished. You've been a, a, a good inspiration for me as well. As you know, I haven't been around as long, but I really admire and respect you and everything you've done. And so... Um, I want to use this time for you to address, I guess, address the audience, let everybody know where they can find you, what to look out for, anything. Take it away. Uh, just Original Moon on YouTube. That's it. I mean, I, I don't really use Instagram. You know, I mean, I have an account that I don't, that I really don't use. Maybe one day I'll like do something. I probably should, I guess, but because my channel is still on the small side and I, I didn't even expect my channel to get to where it is right now. So if it, I'll be super surprised if it gets any bigger than what it is. I'd be very surprised. No, it is. It is going to get bigger than what it is because you're speaking that into existence. That's um, what's going to happen because you, you, you know, you put the effort, you put the time, well, um, you're dedicated to it. Thank you. And you know, I don't, I don't particularly do it for that reason. I just do it because I just want to have my voice heard about certain things and that's it. So if something comes out of it, then that's fine. But if something doesn't come out of it, then that's fine. You know, like 
maybe I'll spark somebody else's imagination to do something and they'll be the people who, who grow and, you know, have the voice and do the things to make the change that's needed. You know, so I, I just speak, you know, what I believe in, what I feel, you know, and I try to do things as, um, I don't know if I want to use the word consistent because I have, I have a real issue with the, I, I appreciate when you say that I'm consistent, but I think sometimes people take the word consistent and they view that as somebody saying the very same things and having the same narratives over and over and over again about the same things forever and never changing. I'm going to change. My opinions are going to change. Stuff I talk about is probably going to change. You know, I don't plan to be the same person that I am now, five years from now, 10 years from now, two years from now, six months from now. I hope that I grow. And, you know, I hope that my channel reflects that. And that's it. Well, you're allowed, listen, you, you're allowed to evolve. Yeah. So that's the thing. That consistent, when I say you're consistent, obviously you know what I mean. But oh, just yeah, to specify, I do. I do. You're, you know, you, you, you have things that you believe in yeah. that are part of your core values. And I believe that while we're allowed to evolve and we do, and we're constantly learning things and changing different viewpoints, I think at our core, in a lot of ways, we are who we are at our core in, for certain things. And so I just was, that, that was part of that. But yes, exactly. You're consistent in your uh, core beliefs, belief system. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. So, um, Make sure you guys check out Original Moon, and again, I'll, I'll plug your stuff as well. Um, we'll be plugged on the episode. Thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All the best to you and your family, um, the channel, Same definitely. You. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, and uh, make, sure, make sure you guys check out, subscribe to Original Moon. She always keeps it interesting. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And um, until we meet again, thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. So I, I would like to thank my, my guest, Original Moon. That was really good. Um, you know, I um, it was good. I had been seeing her videos for a while. And, um, you know, obviously I have great respect for what she does. She's still growing, and um, obviously she's on the right track. And so anytime you're able to connect with uh, fellow Latinos who are out there doing their thing, I'm all about the unity, and I'm all about supporting um, others in their endeavors. Really, um, it's a wonderful thing. It's a great thing to see. And um, definitely just stay tuned, see what else she does. I'm, I'm very uh, much looking forward to seeing uh, what else she has in store. Uh, Original Moon on YouTube. Um, well, that was episode 17. Hope you guys enjoyed that. 